Please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. To those guests who've just joined us, welcome. Our next stop is the Magic Kingdom. Ladies and gentlemen, we are approaching our station at the entrance to Main Street, USA, gateway to the seven theme lands of the Magic Kingdom. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard the Monday Morning Monorail Podcast. This is Justin Monorail, and joining me are all of my monorail family. They're all here, including Remy the Rat. Who brought Remy to the table? Who are you? I'm no one. That's and not true. everyone. MC Squared. Yep. Back at it again. <laughs> Up in the house. McKenna Monorail. And across from MC Squared. Um, Chicken Nugget. Garrett Monorail is with us. I wish Huge. you would say your name. And then finally and most importantly. Chicken Nugget. No. <laughs> Samantha Monorail. <laughs> be great if you guys would actually say your name once in a while. You're, I you're usually not do. the offender. I just it's, thought it was This funny. one always wants to say Chicken Nugget. Chicken, chicken Nugget. nugget. It's the three. Anyway. <laughs> welcome back. To Monday Morning Monorail Podcast. This is episode 32, and today is November the 26th of 2018. Hope you had a great Thanksgiving. I know we certainly did. and I'm still full. Still full, still eating leftovers. Uh, yeah, we're going to be doing that for the rest of the week. So we'll be very burnt out on turkey. We need Remy to cook up a few like unique he needs meals. to make us some lettuce. Romaine lettuce? Is that yeah, what you romaine. want? You don't really have to make romaine lettuce. He you just, you just eat it. He needs to up some romaine lettuce for <laughs> us. He needs to make some fettuccine alfredo. That's right. Hashtag fettuccine alfredo. <laughs> Today, we've got some news to talk about. We're going to have an M340. And then at the end of the show, we're going to talk Disney live action remakes oh, okay. in segment three. Live action remakes. Quotation marks around that. Well, maybe for the newest one, but... The other ones. Maybe. Yeah. So before we get to that, let's start out with the news. One of the things that was announced at Destination D that we didn't talk about was that Disney will be unveiling a new logo for Disney Hollywood Studios on January 18th of 2019. It'll be the 30th year for the Hollywood Studios. The day actually coincides with the debut of Metroville where you're going to be able to meet Edna Mode and the Incredibles. Oh, cool. So, any thoughts on what this Hollywood Studios logo might look like? Is it just going to be (laughs) Mr. Incredible? (laughs) I don't know. It's interesting timing, but uh, this might go along with my theory of the studios trying to emphasize animation a little bit more. Yeah, that's possible. It could be bubble letters. (laughs) Oh, gosh. (laughs) Maybe it'll be Comic Sans. Comic Comic Sans. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. We'll see what happens, but yeah, look out on January 18th. There will be a new logo for the Hollywood Studios. So not only is Epcot transforming, so is the studios, and it's interesting to see where rest in peace where we're headed. Yeah, it's all changing. But speaking of changes coming to the Hollywood Studios on December 1st, there is going to be a special Disney Parks presents a 25 Days of Christmas holiday party, 8 p.m. On the Disney Channel, and part of that show is going to be a behind-the-scenes look at the new Lightning McQueen attraction. Oh, okay. So, what? yeah. So we learned a little bit more about uh, Lightning McQueen's Racing Academy recently, and this show is going to give you a behind-the-scenes look, get you some more details of what that's going to be like. Here are some of the things that we've learned about it. As you go into the Racing Academy, you will take on the role of a rookie racer. As you enter the theater, you'll find yourself face to face with Lightning McQueen appearing live on stage. Plus, McQueen and the entire audience will be enveloped by a giant wraparound screen that's nearly two stories tall and more than 200 feet from end to end. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. McQueen will be anxious to showcase what he's learned over the years. But of course, things don't go according to plan. And then he has to think fast to get back on course. Friends like Tomater, Cruz Ramirez, and Lightning's pals from Radiator Springs will chime in as Lightning gears up for the challenge. If you want to get a little look at what this is going to be like, you'll be able to just tune in the Disney Channel on December 1st, 8 p.m. Eastern. I don't know what time it'll be in your time zone if you're not Eastern. Check local listings. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Pull out your TV guide. Yeah. 
Wait, do we have those anywhere? <laughs> no, I think online. I think they still exist, but yeah, they, your online TV guide. No, I mean hard copies. I don't know if they still print TV guides. <laughs> Speaking of new announcements, you know we talked about this new resort they're building on the site of River Country? Yeah. That's going to be kind of a mixed DVC with some uh, regular hotel rooms as well. They announced the name of it. Oh, okay. It's going to be called Reflections, a Disney Lakeside Lodge. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so. Don't get too so crazy. much about it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so, uh, Just like Remy's Adventure. There are some pictures out there. If you want to take a look at what the concept art looks like, you can go online. I think you can find it on like the Disney Parks blog. It looks like it's going to be re- really cool, really kind of like a m- modern mixed with a natural setting kind of thing. Okay. Um, so a little less rustic than the Wilderness Lodge, but still a tribute to nature and, and definitely using like natural like architecture and things like that, but just a modern spin on it. It looks like it's going to be really nice. Neat. So, yeah. Okay. So be prepared. We're going to be signing up for that DVC. That'll be our home resort right there. Oh, okay. <laughs> no. Right. <laughs> Wilderness Lodge, that that place. You like Copper Creek. Yeah. I That's know you our do. home. Yeah. <laughs> All right. You guys remember The Void? Yes. Okay. So we got to do the, the Void Star Wars experience. Yeah. Which was like... Rise of the Resistance or something. It was cool. It was really cool. It was called something else. I can't remember, though. I have no idea. But anyway, they're adding to the Void experiences in Disney Springs, and the newest experience is Ralph Breaks VR. Um, It's an original hyper-reality experience from ILM X Lab and The Void with Walt Disney Animation Studios. And apparently, here's the idea. In teams of four... Guests will break into the internet with Wreck-It Ralph and Vanellope Von Schweetz disguised as characters from the film called Netizens to play the newest, coolest video game ever. Ralph Breaks VR introduces two brand new locations, Dunderdome, which sounds like Dunder Mifflin, mm-hmm. um, and, and Pancake Milkshake Diner, and a new antagonist, BEV, voiced by writer Pamela Ribbon, which stands for Built to Eradicate Viruses. So, I think this is really cool because... Ralph, I mean, we haven't seen Ralph Breaks the Internet yet. Right. Mm, We should see it. We should see it. I would like to see it soon. Yes. Came out last week. This experience actually debuted November 21st, so you can start doing this now. I think it's building on some of the things that they've set up in this new movie, but I feel like this is a great world to play in, in VR. Mm -hmm. I think it's like perfect for it, and I think it sounds like a lot of fun. I love Wreck-It Ralph. I think it's a really cool movie, and I'm excited to see this next one. I've heard mixed reviews. If you've seen it, let us know at Morning Monoreal. No spoilers. No spoilers. Hashtag no spoilers. But um, I really like the characters, and I think that there's a lot you could do with a video game type world. I mean, it's perfect. It's yeah. perfect for this. Animated, and it'd be cool if there was like a 8 pixel, is that what it is? 8 bit. 8 bit pixelated type thing. I don't know. I don't think that that feel real enough, though. It's not supposed to. I mean, I think like you'd feel like you're really interacting with the stuff, but I, I mean, of course, it's gonna feel like a cartoon kind of thing. I don't know. I feel like they're going for a a more realistic thing, though. Maybe. I, I mean, but Ralph's not realistic. You know, he's a big blocky looking character. I know, but more like tricking you, like more like the movie. Mm, okay. They don't really do much eight bit in there. Yeah, there's some though. But not in the much. first one, yeah. That's what I mean. There's some in the first one, yeah. So we'll see. I think it'd be interesting. So that's coming or is already out. So again, let us know if you've experienced that or what are your thoughts on Ralph Breaks the Internet. No spoilers. Speaking of experiences that I know that at least Mommy would want to take part of, this is something that I don't know if you saw that this, but um, apparently it's a new annual event and I foresee at some point that you're probably going to want to do this. 12 beers of Christmas event. Oh, whoa. Already in. Coming to Morimoto Asia. Oh, gosh. At Disney Springs. (laughs) Here are the details. Iron Chef Morimoto will host the first annual 12 Beers of Christmas at Morimoto Asia in Disney Springs on December 2nd. The event will feature multiple stations of holiday-themed beers from local breweries included, including Crooked Can Brewing, Rogue Ales, Coppertail, uh, Red Light, Bowigans, Cast and Larder, Red Cypress, Three Daughters, Baird Brewing, Hourglass Brewing, and Motorworks. You'll be able to enjoy pairings of Pan-Asian Bites at each station. Chef Morimoto will personally host the event and be on hand to autograph his newest cookbook, 
Mastering the Art of Japanese Home Cooking, which will be available for purchase. All cookbook sales will be donated to Give Kids the World Village, <gasps> located in Central Florida. Give Kids the World is an 84-acre nonprofit resort built exclusively to serve critically ill children and their families who are visiting Florida on wish trips. The cost is $55 per person, and the tickets are on sale now. What a deal! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, so that would be your shot. Let's to go. assault Morimoto in person. Let's go this weekend. It's this weekend <laughs> on Saturday, weekend. and I, I, I'm going alone. <laughs> if you don't take me, oh my god! I mean, it does cost a lot less to go alone. That's true. I'd sleep in my car. Fifty-five dollars for food. I'd eat McDonald's the rest of the time. It wouldn't cost me much. Oh my gosh! I want to go. It sounds pretty amazing. And of course, Morimoto will be there. So. Oh my gosh! <laughs> it's everything you've ever wanted. Emotional. Oh. And I would get his cookbook and beers mm-hmm. and him. Well, you wouldn't get him. You'd bring him, mom. <laughs> no. <laughs> Oh my gosh! They're gonna know who to, to who to keep away from him now. How do I make this happen? What can we do, Justin? Justin, what? Let's talk for a minute here. <laughs> How do we make this happen? I want to go. I don't know. Uh, wish upon a star. I don't know. <sighs> call up Tinkerbell. I'm gonna cry. <laughs> it's like my one call, opportunity. Call up Morimoto. It's not your one opportunity. He's never gonna see me if I don't go this weekend. No, it's not true. Your last uh, hey, while we're on the subject of charity and mom tries to gather herself, I wanted to share some news. For most of November, they've been doing this campaign called Share Your Ears, hashtag Share Your Ears. And basically what you can do is take a picture of you wearing your favorite Disney ears or showing off fun props or other artistic interpretation. And then you put it on social media and do Share Your Ears. And every time that you do that... Disney donates $5 to make a wish up to a million with a total goal of up to $3 million for every public post that features Mickey Mouse ears. So they've done this before. Have they? Yes. Okay. I've seen it happen before. It's pretty awesome. Well, do the last... ears count? I think so. The last day to do this is uh, Tuesday, November 27th. So actually, I think what we ought to do in a minute is um, we ought to all get our ears and we could take a picture... With our ears podcasting, and that can be our share your ears, and we'll put it out on our Facebook. That we'll would put be it on fine. Twitter. Let's do that. But we also need to do it separately for each picture well, that counts. Well, we can, but let's do a, let's do a group one. Okay. So Donald doesn't count that. No, I think you can wear that. Oh, nice. Yeah. I mean, it's share your ears, but of course, you know, people are doing like, you know, you can probably do goofy hats, Donald hats, <laughs> Pluto hats. As long as share they're, and then hashtag share your ears. Share your Disney, share your Disney ears. How about that? Disney headgear. It doesn't say share Mickey ears. So share headgear. But we will have. I'll wear Mickey Mouse ears, Makes and we'll put it out sense. there. So all right, that was it. So go out if you haven't already done it. Put on some ears. Take a little a selfie. Let me take a selfie. Put it out there on your social media. Ooh. Hashtag share your ears. You can't boo this. This <laughs> I'm is booing, charity. I'm not booing it. Nope. I'm booing you're, you. You're booing charity, I'm booing McKenna. You. That is lame. I'm booing you and your lame dad jokes. Whatever. I like his dad jokes. That's because you're never going to meet Morimoto. Jeez. That's because you're the same age as him. Wait, how old is Morimoto? He's a young man. He's not a young man. He should come. He should come to our house. Mom, invite him over. So that's going to wrap up segment number one today. Let's head on over to M34D. When we come back. I put a little tweet out there before we recorded and asked you all if you had any questions, anything you wanted to sound off on. And we got some responses. So we're going to take a look at that Twitter account and respond to your questions. Stay with us. Welcome back 
to the Monday Morning Monorail podcast. This is the Disney Deep Dive with the Dawes. And joining me, as you can see if you're on YouTube, with his little picture right next to mine, is Landon, the Dawes Doan. Landon, welcome back to the Monorail. Hi, buddy. How you doing? Always happy to be uh, here on this Monorail, bright and early Monday morning or Tuesday afternoon or Wednesday evening. I don't know when when you're going to be listening to this. There's no rules on this section of the Monorail. This is a lawless monorail so uh everybody have fun <laughs> and everybody wang chung tonight i don't i don't i don't know what that means but it seems fun well i feel like it's pretty appropriate to talk about this being like a kind of a lawless time maybe back towards kind of the the wild the american frontier as it used to be before because you've been playing red dead 2 as well huh? <laughs> huh? well just, maybe i'm inspired by that <laughs> Maybe I'm inspired by the attraction we're going to be talking about today, taking us back to frontier times. Yeah, that'd probably make more sense. My bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Again, going down the path of discussing day one attractions in Walt Disney World, there's another attraction that we haven't gotten to yet because, honestly, we didn't have a ton to say about it. I don't. I never wrote it. I don't think Landon wrote it because he didn't know it was a thing before we started talking about it today. Nope, um, not even a little. I thought it was a, an attraction in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee, if we're being completely honest. <laughs> and it would fit here. You would think that it could be. Um, but but no, it was in, not only was it in Walt Disney World and the Magic Kingdom, of course it was in Disneyland. And it's it's been in like Disneyland. I think it was in Disneyland Paris. It's in Tokyo Disneyland. These, Shanghai as well. Shanghai. These boats, I'll give you a little teaser, boats, spoiler alert. Have it's the been, Firefly attraction, everybody. Have been everywhere, pretty much. And now they're, they're only in a couple places still to this day, but they were in the Magic Kingdom. And of course, we're talking about the Davy Crockett Explorer Canoes. Yeah, I, you know, these were actually open until I think 94 or 96. Did you, did you see the closing date? I've got it in my notes. Let me get back to it. Uh, I believe in the Walt Disney aspect of it. I do think it was shut down in 94, but uh, I have been wrong before once or twice, but you know, now that it's on the internet, it's true. Right. So, you know, there you go. So unlike the Mickey Mouse review, we could have experienced these canoes. I'll be honest (laughs) though. I mean, I did not know they existed. I, um, until I've been, you know, doing more and more research over the years. And and actually, when I started listening to Disney-related podcasts myself, was probably the first time I ever became aware of these things. And it's almost kind of crazy to think about an attraction like this existing in a park like Magic Kingdom or or in Disneyland because... Very much so. There seems to be... It seems a little risky. I mean, anytime that you've got to put life jackets on people because there's a real chance they could either fall out of the boat or maybe the boat could flip... Um. <laughs> yeah, what could possibly go wrong? And uh, we'll get to it. Uh, the skippers have a built-in line for that as well, uh, and we'll get to that later. They but do. yeah, like just from a litigious standpoint, this does seem like it could have been a uh, very hot-button attraction, if you want to say that. Well, I would say that nowadays there is no way Disney lawyers would allow something like this to open, <laughs> open in a Disney, like a brand new Disney park. You're not going to see something like this. Mm-hmm. Heck to the gnaw. Yeah, and, and let's explain though exactly. It, though it is still open in uh, on on the left coast in yeah. Disneyland, which that kind of shocked me. Like, yeah. like I learned something today, to quote South Park, uh, yeah. in, in my prep for this show. Yeah, it is. And, and that surprised me as well, too. Um, again, I've been to Disneyland. Didn't know there were canoes in the rivers of America. <laughs> Just to kind of give you a little more explanation about what this is, it's truly like 20-person canoes, like actual legitimate canoes. Each canoe would have two, at least two cast members, one at the bow and one at the stern that helped guide you on your path. And they were wearing like coonskin caps and frontier looking clothes um, to, to fit with the Davy Crockett theme. Sweet pair of pants while we're talking about the attire. Oh, like, yeah. like uh, Davy Crockett holds a special place in the heart of all Tennessee fans. And I would say those, uh, those pants were only second to Derek Dooley's pants. I mean, <laughs> strong pants game. Fear the orange pants, yeah. Um, you gotta love fringe. Those leather pants oh, yeah. with the fringe, yeah, really sets it off. Uh, it's, if you're watching on YouTube, you can watch me make the oh, kissy emoji <laughs> face. Yeah, they were pretty, pretty lovely. I don't know if they're real breathable, but uh, which probably oh, really, <laughs> yeah. And in California and Florida, probably not the best to wear. Like, like yeah. chafing for days. Yeah. According to the notes that I took, the Disneyland attraction actually originally opened as the um, Indian War Canoes on July 4th of 1956 as part of Frontierland's Indian Village expansion. Now it operate well in Tokyo Disneyland. It operates under the Beaver Brothers Explorers Canoes because Davy Crockett really wouldn't resonate 
And then doesn't really translate to with with that crowd, right? And then Shanghai Disneyland, it's simply called Explorer Canoes in Disneyland. Again, it was in it was part of Frontierland. It would actually embark from a dock next to the Hungry Bear Restaurant in Critter Country. The boat's thirty five feet long. The same in Walt Disney World. As I said, they all had two guides: Frontiers men or Frontiers women. Um, one on the bow and all one on the stern. All in the frontier. Yeah. And before you ever went out into the rivers of America, you were actually given a short lesson on how to paddle in case you have never had to paddle. And so I, I would say there's a good chance most people have, well, not most, but a good portion of people have never paddled a boat. Uh, if you didn't go to Boy Scout camp growing up or if you didn't, you know, grow up in the wilderness. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you might need a, a, a crash course before you get in a literal thing that you have to power around a man-made lake because this is, I think, the only Disney attraction that is quote-unquote fan-powered, yeah. and yeah. I don't mean the, the, the whirly things <laughs> no. that blow uh, wind on you. Not fan boats you're going to see in the swamps of Florida, but uh, <laughs> actual guest fans, yeah, they're, they're uh, using the arm power to get this thing moving. Yeah, so there you go. If you want to get in a workout, uh, get, uh, get your arm day down while you're... Uh, you know, going to Disney World. There you go. Yeah. And they didn't move on any kind of track or predetermined path. And the speed at which the boat traveled was, of course, determined by the fan power, um, the muscles that were actually using the, the oars or paddles on the boat. So I just wanted to mention the in the Disney World version, your, your boat actually left from the uh, t- north of the Tom Sawyer Island raft launch, traveled the same path as the other watercraft on, on Rivers of America. So... Um, around the same, you know, the same thing as the riverboat, same thing as uh, as anything that would be on the water, but uh, truly was kind of a experience in in and of it, into itself, just because it could be different every time, and not just because there were there was no track and it was powered by um, fan power, but also because the cast members were usually very Jungle Cruise skipper esque in that they had a lot of like silly jokes and puns mm-hmm. um, that they would use while while they were on the boat. So I've got a few examples here. Uh, they might oh, say, "Oh boy, everybody strap in!" And I'm not talking, you know, put your strap on uh, left to right where it goes red to green. The only note, literally the only note I took for preparing for this uh, M34D was I put down this is amateur hour for the Jungle Cruise. Yeah. Because <laughs> holy smokes, kind of minor leagues for a Jungle Cruise. <laughs> Though I will say, maybe it was based on my uh, experience watching YouTube videos. There's some lady who's giving like running commentary that thinks she's like you know a member of the MST3K. <laughs> who thinks she's hilarious and that everything else that's being said is awful. So maybe that yeah. kind of skews me. But yeah, uh, definitely compared to the Jungle Cruise, like you said, minor league stuff. Oh yeah. But they would even. This is very similar to something you would hear on the Jungle Cruise, in that they would they would start out by introducing themselves and saying, "I'm your captain, alligator wrestler, and possibly your swimming instructor." There it is. Yeah, exactly. That's why you got to have those life vests on. One of the ones I liked was, "Is anyone on this canoe named Frank?" <laughs> you wait and make sure nobody says that they're Frank. Can I be Frank for a second? You row like a drunken centipede. <laughs> Which, I mean, that is a pretty good line, but to be fair, I'd rather row like a drunken centipede as opposed to a human centipede. Yeah. Let's just be honest. Yeah. That one is exclusively for YouTube, I'm guessing. I like this one. So at the end of the ride back at the dock, they might say, I'm going to tell you what my father told me at 18. Get up, get out, the free ride's over, and take your mother with you. <laughs> <laughs> That's a pretty good line. you got to give it to him in that aspect. Yeah, yeah pretty good. Uh, and I'm sure that the cast members got to kind of make it their own and add their own personal twist and, and personality into it. I'm, I'm, I would hope so, yeah. because, I mean, uh, another one of the jokes is, uh, hold on, let me see where it is. Ah, here's uh, here's some moose that have come down by the river uh, to get some water. You don't, I bet you don't see that every day. Pause. Well, well, I do. And then and then on the video that I watched, he said, I see that every 15 minutes. So I would hope that the cast members would have a little bit of leeway yeah. to kind of, you know, play with the audience. And, you know, if, if you have a really hot crowd, go for it. If you don't, like maybe try and get them going. So I do hope that they gave them some leeway as opposed to, you know, stick to the script. Yeah, I'm sure they did. Because otherwise it would feel a little, you know, too stiff and robotic. So, <laughs> and, and especially on a, on a ride that has no track that it's going on, like it could literally be different. Rather, it probably is literally different every time you, you would ride it. So, you know, let them play around a little bit. Exactly. So you might be asking yourself, why did they theme this ride after Davy Crockett? I mean, what was it that, that inspired Disney to use that personality um, as the headline for this attraction. Well, 
There's a reason for it, obviously. Um, driven by the popularity of the Davy Crockett five-part serial that aired on ABC from 1954 to 1955. Uh, five one-hour episodes. The series starred Fess Parker as Davy Crockett and then Buddy Ebsen as George Russell. And I don't know that Disney anticipated how popular this thing was going to be. And it wasn't just the, like, people love watching the show. They ended up re- releasing all of the episode or the final two episodes together in a theatrical release. Made a good chunk of money on that. But the biggest thing was they made something like $300 million in merchandise wow. revenue from <laughs> from the Davy Crockett TV series. That's a lot of coonskin hats sold. Right. So, of course, just like putting Elsa in Norway, Disney's going to capitalize on that when they know that they've got something that they can use. You know, put that... Wait, you're telling me Disney is all about money? Hey, I, no. I mean, you know... No, not Disney. <laughs> Ugh. I'm not necessarily <laughs> trying to hate on it. I'm just saying it's a fact. Hey, you know what? Somebody's got to get paid. Might as well be you. Yeah. Go for it, Disney. There's Good dollars out there. Go get them. Yeah, and just to give you an idea, this was this was in 1950s when people were purchasing the, the Davy Crockett, the coonskin caps, the rifles. And if you translate $300 million to today's money, that's nearly $2 billion. Um, that's if, some Avengers-level stuff right there. Right. Just in merchandise. Wow. Just in merchandise. So obviously... Wow. Disney was like, "Oh yeah, put put Davy Crockett all over that, you know." <laughs> um, and, and that's gonna be Mickey, Minnie, Davy, Donald, Goofy. Like, like you want to talk about the Fab Five uh, during that time period? Davy Crockett might have actually uh, financially been justifiably put in that conversation. Yeah, no kidding. So that was it. I mean, you know, in 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 Walt Disney World, the boats closed down in 1994, and I don't know that there was really. I, I mean, I personally, doing the research, didn't find any specific reason why. Other than, you know, maybe it just wasn't as popular as the one in Disneyland, which apparently is still very popular. Yeah, uh, I was I was really surprised, like I said earlier, that it's still open on the left coast. And there were way more, you know, ride throughs or point of view videos on YouTube than the uh, Walt Disney World version. Maybe that's just because it's been around, you know, longer than the uh, one in Florida. But at the same time, it does seem very well liked and well attended. But at the same time, it's like, I feel like I've said this a couple times about a handful of the opening day attractions. It's like, if I'm going to a, to an amusement park, it's like, I don't want to get in a canoe and, and paddle. It's like, like I'm not going to Camp Anawana. I'm going to Walt Disney World. <laughs> but we hold Camp Anawana in our hearts. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess that's a good point. I kind of take the position when we talk about these things like I enjoy the variety that Walt Disney and the Imagineers put into the Walt Disney World parks and the and Disneyland. Yeah, I get that. The fact that not everything is a roller coaster, not everything's a dark ride and you get some different experiences and while it's not going to be popular with everybody, I'm sure there are plenty of people who maybe you're from a more more urban area than we are and you mm-hmm. really have never had the opportunity to paddle a real canoe and you're like this, this that's a great point yeah this that's, is a that's unique a really experience good point. Yeah. so um, if you're from landlocked you know uh, like you said a, a, a very urban area you don't have that option so let's you say know, you're I, from lincoln nebraska i don't know <laughs> yeah, because they don't have water in Lincoln, Nebraska. <laughs> well, that, for some reason, that Everything came to mind. Everything is made of corn in Lincoln, Nebraska. Oh, I got a better one. What about you're from Phoenix, Arizona? You're in the desert. <laughs> well, well, at that point, water's just a myth. So, you, so you're probably blown away just seeing a standing body of water, <laughs> yes. if we're being completely honest. That's true. The water is the attraction. <laughs> it's like, oh, wow, look at it. There's so much of it. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Imagine how many showers we could take. How many glasses of water we could drink. Yeah, yeah they just get in the boat with uh, with their, you know, uh, $24 souvenir <laughs> glasses. Oh, look at that. That's that's a good one. This is going home for Nana. Yeah. <laughs> take it home to show the family. <laughs> this is water. Oh, man. It's possible. Ooh. Yeah. Oh. So anyway, maybe there's an audience for it. Is the point? Hey, exactly. Just just because it isn't for us, there is an audience for it. And clearly, since it's still open in California, there clearly is an audience for it. And and, and I do think a lot of those early attractions that I always seem to be like, really, really, this is this is in Walt Disney World. It really does seem like when the park first opened, Walt wanted to put like an emphasis on you know doing stuff, not mm-hmm. necessarily just riding stuff, because there used to be the boats that you could run out and take on the water. And mm-hmm. then you know at one point there was there was the camping area. That's another thing that you go and do. So, I mean, like, maybe we're looking back on it with, you know, some hindsight of history 
that you know these yeah. things didn't make it and they've since transitioned into just strictly attractions and you know shows so i mean like maybe that's it but again like you said there's still an audience for it yeah i think you're right i mean i think it kind of plays into walt's love of of transportation and also exploring the frontier mm-hmm. um yeah. and and then the other thing is of course doing things that you can do with your entire family you know mm-hmm. and activities uh, building, making memories that, that are going to last. You know, you're going to go home and say, uh, we, we got to paddle a canoe on the rivers of America, you know, like Davy Crockett used to, <laughs> just like Davy Crockett. No, I do want to say real quick before we get out of here, it's still open in uh, California. Mm-hmm. They shut it down around dusk uh, to prepare for like the... Uh, Fantastic. Oh, man. There we go. Mm-hmm. I would pay money to be on one of those canoes sitting on the water to watch Fantasmic. Yeah. I think that would be awesome. That would be super cool. Yeah, so like uh, Disney, if you're listening, that's another area where you could charge people for. That's right. <laughs> I'm raising my glass to this former attraction. It's a Disney glass. Take a look at this. So element of uh, YouTube. Go to YouTube and see what glass I was yelling using today. I'm not going to tell not you. Disney, and, it, it, and spoiler alert, it doesn't have coffee in it. Either. But you could say it's part of like the American frontier. You're it was to... definitely made in Kentucky, so well, uh, that is part I, of America. I'm talking about the image you've got on there. That's what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. Well, that... Don't tell people. They have to go to YouTube uh... if they want to see it. <laughs> Again, this is our second M34D that we put on YouTube. This is number two. It was popular last week. Thank you all for tuning in. I know you enjoyed it. No Zoe this week to attack Landon. I know that was a nope. uh, popular uh, <laughs> feature of, the, of last week. So. <laughs> Once again, going back to the Patreon, maybe maybe we can introduce Zoe again. Yeah, bring her back. Or, or, or heck, I'll, uh, I'll see if I can get my cat washed. Yes, my names, uh, the names of my pets are after Firefly. Yeah, for those for those of you Firefly, those brown coats out there that might yep. be listening. Mm-hmm. So, uh, all right, Landon. Well, anything else before we wrap up? The only thing that I wanted to point out is uh, I did think it was kind of cool. At one point in the ride, you do go by the Splash Mountain like exit zone. So, depending on just if you are timed up just right, you can see somebody come, you know, tearing down out of a tube and splash. I think I think that's kind of cool. Other than that, like like I said at the top of this, uh, I guess segment, I thought I thought this was an attraction up at Pigeon Forge, you know, just down the street from Dollywood. So. Yeah. If you happen to experience the Davy Crockett Adventure Explorer canoes, I would love to hear about it. I'd love you to Please, hear yes. yeah, what you thought about it. Was it was it something that you miss? Is Tell it us why we're wrong. Enjoy? Tell us what we're missing. Yeah, absolutely. Tell me what you think about these Mickey ears right here. The, yeah, by the way, while you're bringing up your headgear, solid headgear game. Not, you know, Davy Crockett head game level, yeah. but still good. Oh, my God. If I had a coonskin cap, I definitely would have been wearing that today. I know it, it might be a surprise. If, like, you live in East Tennessee. I guarantee at one like, you've had five coonskin hats at one point in your life. I can say 100% for sure I have owned coonskin caps. <laughs> I don't have one now, but I used to. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. true. For those of you not tuning into YouTube, go check it out. There's going to be a little more content on there if you are tuning into YouTube. Thanks for joining us, and I hope you'll do it again next week. And Landon, I hope you join us again next week. I'm sure that you will because you don't have a choice. You're contractually obligated to be here. <laughs> yep, I somehow signed a contract that doesn't pay me but still legally binds me to be on this fun V compared to the humdrum V that is the rest of Monday morning. Oh, but, come but on. You know what? Throwing shade. Yeah, exactly. That's that, that's what we do here in the cool cart. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you all want more from the cool cart, you can find it in a lot of places. First, follow Landon on Twitter at Landoz, L-E-N-D-O-Z, but also go to his website. Wait, hold on, hold on. I came up with the song last oh, week. Do it. L-A-N-D-O-Z, please go follow me. Landon Doan. Best Landon Doan. He's the best. And that's all I got. <laughs> and and if you follow him on Twitter, you're going to know when new episodes of his other podcast drop, like Near Fall Radio, if you like wrestling, or... Spoiler alert, it's going to be this week, which, by the way, we'll talk about the logistics after we get off here. Sounds good. <laughs> or Game of Thrones Talk, which is a Game of Thrones podcast, and that'll be coming back because we're getting new episodes finally coming up. Speaking of, I talked with my co-host Hunter Freaking East last evening, and we are already talking about what we're going to be doing for Game of Thrones Talk, a.k.a. God Talk. So like Jay said, keep an eye out at buttmanships.com and as soon as we know when it's coming back, you're going to be hearing our lovely voices talking about the final season of HBO's award-winning series Game of Thrones, where spoiler alert, everybody is going to die. Oh yeah. Every Maybe even a couple of listeners, just because the anticipation's there. I don't know. <laughs> HBO works in mysterious ways. Uh, yeah, that that show notorious for 
breaking your heart at every turn. So I'm sure mm-hmm. I'm sure it's going to be full of that in the final season. But like Josh Sweden's like, man, y'all need to tone it down. Yeah. But tune in and you'll get to hear Landon and Hunter talk all about it. So Landon, once again, thank you for joining me. We'll see you next week. Glad to be here, buddy. Welcome back to the Monday Morning Monorail Podcast. That was M34D. We were talking about the Davy Crockett Explorer Canoes. So before we start recording, I put a tweet out there to the Twitter universe asking our Diz Twitter family to weigh in and get involved in the show. I mean, after all, that's something that's been a goal of mine from the very beginning. I wanted this to be an interactive show that you all participated in. You sounded off. You got your voices heard. If you had questions, you ask us questions and maybe we can help you with that stuff. Um, so I did. I tweeted. I asked you for questions. And you responded. So we've got a few things to talk about. And it turns out that the first question we got was right in the wheelhouse of what I wanted to talk about in the third segment today. So I'm going to go directly to the Twitter. And that's at Morning Monorail. Follow us on Twitter. And the first response we got was from Disflix and Turkey Leftovers at D-I-S-F-L-I-C-K-S. T-I-D-B-I-T, so Diz Flicks Tidbit. They said, when are we going to get a Disney movie remade with Muppets? Also, which movie would you do this with? So here's what I think this means. What they're asking is, we're getting all these Disney live-action remakes of the animated films. They want to know, when are we going to get a remake that features the Muppets? For example, when are we going to get, coming up, Aladdin, we're getting a live-action remake. Why not do that with Muppets instead of live actors? <laughs> Aladdin. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Lion King. Awesome. So, that's the question. So, what do you guys think? I mean, what Disney animated classic would you remake with Muppets? Enchanted. Enchanted? <laughs> <laughs> the one with Amy Adams? Yeah, but it'll be Muppets instead. Yeah. Fantasia. <laughs> Ooh, Fantasia's interesting. That's actually a really good idea, McKenna. I like that one. Lion King. <laughs> Garrett says Lion King. That'd be hilarious. <laughs> now, would you take like, would you take Kermit and make him into like uh, Mufasa or Simba. something, and put like a mane on him or something? Mm-hmm. Okay. Kermit is Simba. All right, but so they would be playing animals, but they would be Muppets. That okay? <laughs> That's pretty silly. <laughs> That's a good idea. So I was talking with Landon about this um, after we were done recording M34D, and he said he would love to see Beauty and the Beast remade Muppet style. Hmm. So I started thinking about that, and I was like, wouldn't it be awesome if they did? They, they de- decided they were going to remake all these movies. They're doing all of them live action. How about each one, after they make them live action, the Muppets do it like a parody afterwards? That would be awesome. So, yeah. so we get a Muppets Beauty and the Beast I think it would be awesome to see a Muppets Alice in Wonderland. Mm-hmm. That's the one yes. that I would really want to see. Miss Piggy could be the Queen of Hearts. Oh, she'd be perfect. Yeah, that would be awesome. I think in a live action Muppets Beauty and the Beast, Miss Piggy should be the Beast. <laughs> That's rude. It would be hilarious. And, and you're saying Kermit would be Bill? Yeah. Why not reverse it? No. <laughs> so Kermit's too nice. Kermit would be the father. Okay. So if you did Alice in Wonderland, who would be Alice? Well, they could Kermit. introduce they could introduce like a new Muppet like they did in the Muppets movie. Yeah. And they could just have bear. like a Muppet Alice, but then everything else is I mean it could be Fozzie. Fozzie Bear is Alice. No, Fo- Fozzie Maybe I, I actually I wanna retract uh Kermit being the father of Belle. It would be Fozzie. Fozzie. Should Fozzie be I think Gonzo would be Bill's father because yeah. he, he makes weird contraptions and stuff. Gonzo's mm. crazy. Um, I, Gonzo should be the Mad Hatter. <laughs> yeah. That'd be pretty good. What uh, about, Wait, what about uh, Animal? Animal could... Hmm. The rat could be the Cheshire Cat. Rizzo? Rizzo, yeah. The rat? Excuse me? <laughs> <laughs> it kind of demands respect for he's, rats, okay? He's a rat. Respect for rats. Twenty nineteen. Rizzo is the Cheshire cat. That's funny. So while we're talking about this, I wanted to bring up the the Lion King teaser that we watched. Just came out this weekend. The teaser for the new quote unquote live action, as McKenna said, quote unquote live action Lion King movie. CGI. It's all CGI. It's It's not live action. It's an animated movie. Yeah. Well, 
what did you all think about the preview? I mean, it's like it looks shot for shot. And in fact, they put it up. You can watch a split screen where they put it up with the animated movie, and they're just totally remaking it shot for shot in that animation. I really don't understand why people are angry. I think it looks really cute. I want to see all the animals running around. Yeah. You know, I want to see it, but I did read a tweet, and I apologize. I don't know whose tweet it was, but um, I read a tweet that said, The Lion King looks really good, like pros and cons, like it looks great, but now we're going to see Mufasa die, yeah. like realistically, and that's going to be awful. I know, I had they that same just, thought. They might not show it. Oh, they're going to, sh- it'll be just like yeah, they did in the cartoon, it. I would imagine. Yeah. But anyway, I, I don't know, I'm not a hater, I'm excited about the Lion King movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think the Lion King is, isn't it your favorite Disney animated movie, Garrett? Yeah. Yeah, and so I know you're fired up about it. I'm excited about the Lion King movie, but I just feel like this is... A- Disney running out of ideas and trying to make money. I don't I think, think they're running out of, out of ideas, but I do think that they're they know they can capitalize on this and just make a ton of money. You know why they can capitalize on this? The reason why is because the remakes are the movies that Daddy and I watched when we were kids yeah. and it came out first time ever. So they know that they could bring stuff back around and we're going to be excited about mm-hmm. it and want you guys to get excited about it. Yeah. That's exactly why. They're, they're, they are. They're bringing up the kids who, who grew up watching these movies, and we're bringing our kids to come see it. Even though you all, of course, us being a Disney family, of course you all have seen the animated version of all these movies. Right. Because we're going to try to brainwash you from the very beginning. But uh, but yeah, it is. it absolutely is that. They just know, hey, you know, I know that there's a lot of money that goes into making these animated films, CGI. I, I realize that. But also there's a lot less development time considering the story was already there. And they just have to remake it. So right, exactly. They yeah. better not change the music. If they I don't change think the music, will. I'm going to get angry. If they keep the music, I really like the music in that movie. Although I think it'll be new versions of the same music, is what I suspect. Someone's going to get punched. <laughs> anyway, get an angry letter. Yeah, that was out there. And in 24 hours, the Lion King teaser trailer generated two 224.6 million global views just in a day. Which puts it in second place only to Avengers Infinity War, which had 238 million views in 24 hours. So, Oh, wow. Yeah, this movie's going to get a lot of butts in the seats. We got a couple other responses I want to talk about. Yeah. One of them was from the Improviser's Guide Network, at Frank M. Cardillo, our good friend Frank. Yes. Over from Theme Park Thursday, Woo-hoo. part of the Improviser's Guide Network. And he said... What are you looking forward to most in December's Switcheroo Skadoo with Dillo's Diz? Hashtag Remy the Rat, hashtag Save the Muppets, hashtag Fettuccine Alfredo, hashtag No AC. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so a little shameless self promotion there, but who cares? Just so you all know, if you hadn't heard already, we do have a big crossover episode coming up. In fact, as you're hearing this episode today, if you're listening on Monday, the Epic Summit, the great minds behind the separate podcast, Monday Morning Monorail and Theme Park Thursday with Dillos Diz, will be coming together tonight to discuss the plans. And we are very excited, but is there anything that you guys would say that you're most excited about for the crossover episodes? The Muppets. I think we should talk about the a Muppets, Muppets Christmas Carol. <sighs> it's almost Christmas time. <laughs> well, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't really know what's happening in in, the, in that episode. So, well, let me explain. So, the Monday Morning Monorail crew will be joining together with Theme Park Thursday to make crossover about, episodes. Are we just talking about random stuff. Could be. Could be whatever. What are you most excited about? Let's talk about Lion King then. You want to talk about Lion King? I'm most excited about being part of a famous Dillo's Diz rant, just going off yeah. on a subject and and you know. Getting Frank fired up about something. That's what I'm excited about. I can do that easily. I'm good at rants. <laughs> yeah, I think that'll be a lot of fun. So stay it'll tuned. It'll be nice to talk to them. It will too. be. So stay tuned because coming up, I think we were planning on maybe the week of December 10th. You'll hear our episode on December 10th and then theirs coming up that following Thursday. Woo! Yeah. And we're doing the whole thing. Yes. Everybody's crossing over with everybody. Yeah. It's going to be a whole lot of fun. It will. Everyone is here. Everyone will be there. We also heard from Jen. Jen had a couple questions for us. Frank's sister, Jen. Carmadillo. Jen, Jen, Carmadillo. Jen Armadillo. Carmadillo weighing in here. She said she's got two questions for us. First, what is your favorite moment from Muppet Vision 3D? Uh, every every time Kermit is there. Every the moment. 
the whole thing. Yep, the whole I think thing. that's a cop out answer. You every, gotta every time it shows Kermit. Okay, but what about you, McKenna? You gotta you gotta pick something. What's your favorite okay, moment? Fine. I like it whenever um what is the bunny's name? Oh I don't know. Bean? Bean bunny pops up in a little thing. Oh yeah. The in the characters balcony. on the screen are like, What are you doing up there? And then you know Statler and Waldorf. Yeah, they all they make their comment. <laughs> As they want to do. As they do. Yeah. You like that? I enjoy... I think, first of all, I really enjoy the pre-show of Muppet Vision 3D. I'm sorry. I changed my mind. Okay. I like when Fozzie Bear is... Has the pie. The flying like, pie. My, the flying pie. And then it goes back and it hits him in the face. That's pretty good. <laughs> I really like when it shows uh, Beaker and Bunsen. I was going to say I like Beaker and Bunsen. And, and when Beaker is trying to like turn on the machine and he gets caught up and he's like going around in the wheel yes. and it keeps going, wow, wow. I like that moment quite a bit. And I like the old men in the balcony. Yeah. Because they tell funny jokes. Yep. So that's fun. I like a moment where you got to watch really close because if you don't know to look for this, you'll miss it. But when Piggy's doing her number and she's supposed to like water ski off the screen, um, she gets yanked so hard her head falls off. Did you know that? Yeah, I did. <laughs> I, <didn't see> <laughs> I don't think I saw So if, that. if you watch really closely and watch when she's about to be like pulled off the screen by the water ski, her head flies off backwards. Okay. All yeah. right. That's She crazy. gets decapitated. And he didn't even cut it out. No, it's in there. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's probably my favorite Muppet now, Vision. Now they're going to hear this and they're going to be like, oh. No, they know. People have talked about it. I'm not the first person to mention this. So maybe they left it in on purpose. Yeah, I'm sure they did because they probably thought it was funny. It doesn't yeah. take away and most people don't notice it. Yeah, so. but if you catch it, it's like an Easter egg. Yeah. Jen's second question is, what is your favorite food slash treat in all of WDW? Well, Jen, I would like to say that my favorite treat and all of WDW is a lobster roll, but I've never actually had <laughs> oh one. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I like that apple. What apple? The one we the, Oh, the candy the, apple that yeah, we got poison, from the poison, the poison apple. apple. Yeah. I really like that. We got that at Disney Springs at the candy shop, and it looked like Snow White's apple. It had the skull on it. It was pretty good. That's your favorite that you've ever had at Walt mm-hmm. Disney World? Your favorite treat? I think I, think I, really, I really like the uh, kitchen sink. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> that pretty much has a little bit of everything, so that covers it. I really like cheating. that popcorn. That popcorn. I can eat so much of that popcorn. What popcorn? That, just the, the popcorn. The, just popcorn from just, a popcorn cart? Yep. Okay. Oh, I love that popcorn. Wow. Ooh. Oh, Mickey ice cream. Mickey ice cream. I, I really like so much of that popcorn. Mm. Just because you're over there being all salty about your lobster roll, I'm going to say my favorite treat is Dole Whip. Oh, um, Dole Whip's We got good. Dole Whip. Whatever. <laughs> I can't have that. Um, Dole Whip is actually pretty good. Yeah. It would be a shame if someone wasn't able to try the deliciousness it really would that be. Dole Whip is. They wouldn't have any clue what they were missing out In on. all of Walt Disney World, mm. would that include the resorts? Yeah. Because I think that... So, I'm not much of a sweets eater, but I think my favorite like food slash treat if i if they were like what's something you gotta have i really like the bread service at sanaa i could eat that all the time i feel like you're stretching here because that's not really a treat you said i like the she did ask food food. i guess she said food slash treat i I guess that's true yeah uh, and i don't eat treats hamburger the The cheeseburger pod yeah that you stole mine okay if we could do a food and then a treat okay let's do it that way mickey Mickey waffle. waffle Okay, so let's do food slash treat. So food, Garrett says cheeseburger, cheeseburger pod. And treat, the Mickey ice cream. Okay. McKenna says... I have to go with the cheeseburger pod, too. That's fine. Because it was delicious. You're allowed. And then that popcorn. And the popcorn. And then mom says the bread service... The bread service is so good. And then a treat that I have to have... I, I liked a lot of the treats, but... Would you say a churro? Or maybe... No, not really a churro. What about, like... Uh, a cupcake from the bakery. Or... I did like. I'm not a cupcake eater either, though. I like cupcakes, okay, but there's too much icing. I think Mickey ice cream bar. No, I don't eat ice cream that Miss, much. Mickey ice cream sandwich. I I think um, I would eat Mickey? a lot of those pop tarts from the, the Toy tarts. Story Land. Okay, because those were really. Which good. one did you the prefer? Raspberry. You like the raspberry mm-hmm. one? That was really good. I would agree. Ooh, yeah. That makes it tough because... Okay, so I'm going to say treat the peanut butter and jelly shake 
from the 50s Primetime Cafe. Yeah, it was good. Okay. And then for food, I'm going to say my favorite food that I've had in all of Walt Disney World. That's It's really tough. Maybe, can I just, oh gosh, that would that would be cheating. I was going to say, could I just say like the breakfast at Ohana? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because that was amazing. <laughs> nonstop Mickey waffles, nonstop bacon, nonstop eggs. And fruit. All the, everything just keep, it keeps coming to your table until you tell them to stop. Gosh, that was, that was the best. Oh, what about, uh, hey, I've got another contender for treat. Okay. I really liked the dessert at Satouli Canteen. Yeah. Oh yeah. That, that blue. blue. I'd still eat the tart. The, the tart, the tart was good. But, okay, since I can't decide on a food, I'm going to say this: that turkey breakfast sandwich we got from Woody's lunchbox was amazing. Yeah, for for coming from quick service and having a, like a quick breakfast, it was really good. So I'm going to say right now that's my favorite food and my favorite treat is I'm going to go with the the blue weird shaped dessert from the Satouli Canteen. Sounds good. That's what I'm going to say. I'm locked in. How about you, Jen? I want to know what you think. What's yeah. your favorite food and what's your favorite dessert from Walt Disney World? I think I know. She likes shakes from, uh, she gets shakes from Beaches and Cream. I'm going to say that's what it is. Well, everybody seems to like Dole Whip. <laughs> <laughs> I really do wish I could have it. I, I kind of want to like take a bite and just see if I'm still allergic. Right. Me with almost every treat at Disney World. Yeah, right. You just want to take a bite and risk it. Yeah. Roll the dice. Yeah, you, and you did. And. The car ride home was horrible. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, your curtain call was the kitchen sink from yes, Beaches and Cream, and was. then you slept the whole way home, recovering from your and when chocolate I, when reaction. It, when you were awake, you made weird noises and fell back asleep. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I don't remember that. So. You went, you went, uh-huh, and then fell back asleep. <laughs> oh, she was warming up the vocal cords. <laughs> she, she made, like, uh-huh sound a lot. Like, she was responding to something i'm gonna put it out to you now our lovely listeners our monorail family extended monorail family first of all if you were gonna remake a movie in the style of the muppets what would it be which yes. disney movie and also what are you most excited about about the crossover coming up in a couple of weeks and finally what's your favorite what's your favorite part of muppet vision 3d what's your favorite food or treat from walt disney what's world your favorite muppet Who's your favorite Muppet? McKenna's going to throw in. You can respond to all yeah, of this stuff. I always do. <laughs> yes. And I also have a question. If I were to start a GoFundMe during this week to get myself to Morimoto, would you fund it? <laughs> <laughs> so you can respond to all of this and so much more. Whatever you want to respond to at our Twitter, at Morning Monorail on Twitter. We're Monday Morning Monorail on Instagram, no spaces. We have a fan page on Facebook. We have a Gmail, MondayMorningMonorail at gmail.com, and we have a voicemail that you can call us, leave us messages, and uh, interact with us, because that's it, it really does um, take the podcast, I think, to a whole new level when we get to interact with you guys. Definitely. You're the best part of the podcast, not us. Makes it fun. Yeah. So thank you all so much for interacting with us. Thank you for listening. We will see you next week. Bye. C'est la vie. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for riding with us today. We hope you enjoyed the journey, and we look forward to seeing you again next week. Until then, we want to hear from you. Send us questions, comments, and suggestions on Twitter at Morning Monorail. Our email address is mondaymorningmonorail at gmail.com. You can also call our voicemail at 407-917-2144. As we approach the station, gather your belongings, and please watch your step as you exit. <laughs> See y'all real soon.